Cool, cool. So, um, Dad's away, and he's enduring this morning. He's uh, preaching to a church up there, and he's uh, got he's got uh, Luke, one of our interns, with him. So, lift him up in your prayers as he goes up there and shares with the church up there. Um, but this morning, he's asked me to share, and um, as a church, we're coming to the end of our, um, I guess, our sub-series in transformation, which is a new me. And so we're going to be looking at um, what transformation looks like within a new me. But first, I'm going to tell you a bit about myself, because statistics say that if I share something personal about myself at the start of a message, then you'll pay attention for the rest of it. So (laughs) what I do here, let's see if it works. What I do here at the church is uh, I, I've been involved in the youth ministry for two and a half years, um, been involved with the running of it, and I know we do talk about uh, youth ministry a lot, um, and we talk about numbers, but I was, I was talking to one of our interns a couple of weeks ago, and I was telling him the story of one of these young boys who just started coming this year. Uh, he's he's a, uh, 11 or 12, and he's come to youth group for the first time. He's never been in the church before, uh, never been... Um, at a youth group before, and he comes, and I, I just happened to meet him on the first night and hang out with him, uh, and he's a little bit shy, and he's shut off, and he's hanging in the corner, and um, and so he, I hang out with him that week. The next week was Dave Ridley, and if you remember Dave Ridley, we had an awesome time of healing um, at the uh, during the service, and this young person had a uh, sore knee. He's had a sore knee his whole life, um, and so I think something like 30 young people went forward to ask for prayer. He was one of them. And so I prayed with him and prayed for him like three times. And on the third time, his, leg, like his eyes lit up and his leg was completely healed um, from, from, being, from being born with this sore knee. And he's had it his whole life. His leg was completely healed. So he was like eyes lit up, running up and down. He was excited. And all of a sudden, this young person that was shy just last week had really come out really... Um, felt comfortable, he'd been healed, he'd um, met God, and I think that's an awesome thing, and, and to this day, he still comes to the youth group, and he's the life, and he's the energy of the youth group, and I was telling this to one of our interns, and he's like, we need to tell this more at church, because people need to be encouraged by, um, by uh, departments of our church actually living out the vision and mission that we as a church want to achieve. Um, and if we want to be a transformational campfire church where people come to the campfire to be transformed and meet Jesus and have him in their life, um, and, and that's actually happening, we should get excited. We should get excited when that's happening. And that's not just happening in our youth ministry, but it's in our kids' ministry, it's in our um, playgroup ministry, it's in our connect groups, in our young adults, it's in our global vision ministry. So get excited that God is actually doing what he set out to do in this place. Um, and that's an awesome thing, being encouraged this morning by what's happening. So that's what I do in the youth ministry, um, is, is just a lot of that. And we run programs and big things and um, spend money on weird things in order to engage kids so that they can be transformed by the love of God. Um, so that's me. Uh, this morning I want to share, to you, share with you about, um, and if you want a title for my message, um, I don't like titles because I'm never good at them, but if you want a title for my message this morning, it's Comfort versus calling. Comfort versus calling. And if you'd like to open your Bibles to Mark 1.14, I'm sorry I don't have it on the screens, but it's a good lesson for you that you need to bring your Bible to church or an iPhone or something. Mark 1.14. And it goes like this. After Jesus was put into prison, sorry, after John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. 
The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked along the, beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, who he later called Peter because Peter had been trans, uh, Simon had been transformed into a new creation. Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fish. I'll, I'll send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Everyone say, at once. At once. Notice the urgency in, Paul, in, in Mark's writing. Um, as he uses words like at once and suddenly and um, without delay, because he's emphasizing the fact that we don't need to take time in order to step out in faith. We don't need to take time to follow Jesus. At once we can step out and follow Jesus. So at once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat, in a boat, preparing their nets without delay. Everyone say without delay. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed Jesus. So comfort versus calling. I think in those two verses, I noticed some similarities between the two exchanges that Jesus has calling his first disciples. And um, the first thing I noticed is that Jesus calls them, he gives them a mission, and he gives them a purpose. And uh, I think we all know that. But the next thing is that they both have to leave something behind. For, for um, Simon and Andrew, they had to leave behind their nets. They had to leave behind their job and their livelihood. For John and for James, they had to leave behind their, their father as they followed Jesus. So coming into your calling means coming out of your comfort. Coming into your calling means stepping out of um, what we did do and stepping uh, into what God has planned for us. And I think if we look at what Jesus came on earth um, to do, what his purpose was, it wasn't to comfort us and it wasn't to make us feel good, but I believe he has a deeper purpose. If we look, um, if we look back to Mark 1.15, Jesus says his mission statement, he says, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near, repent, and repent just means change your mind, change your actions. Step out of the old and step into the new. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So right there, the mission statement of Jesus and, and what his whole ministry is set out to do in the beginning of Mark is that people would step out of the old and step into the new. And I think when we don't understand the functional purpose of something, we end up hurting it or breaking it, trying to turn it into something it's not. Um, I've, I've had my car for like three years now or over three years and it's uh thank god i'm upgrading soon i'm planning to upgrade my car but i've had some good stories with the car and i've used it for things it was never intended to be used for uh as you do as a 17 year old having your first car um if you notice on my car there's some white streaks in the front and it's because i thought it would be a good idea to open a gate with the front end of my car uh, instead of getting out in the rain so i just slowly went alongside it, and I thought it went perfectly until I got out and realized there was massive white marks up the paint of my car. Um, my car is, it's, it's a little Celica, um, and it's only got two-wheel drive, it's, it's front-wheel drive, um, but man, it's done better than some four-wheel drives on the off-road. Let me tell you, we've taken it up hills, we've taken it off-road, taken it through sand, and I've only ever got bogged once, uh, and so I've used that car for things that were 
that it was intended, that it wasn't intended to, do, to, to be used for, and it ended up getting hurt and a little bit broken in the process. Um, and I think the same, is, same can be said for our relationships. And I think in the way we address relationships, if we try and use our relationships for things they weren't intended to be used for, we end up looking for something out of it that, we were never intended, that was um, never intended to be taken out of a relationship. And we end up being hurt and broken in the process of that. If we look at our relationship with Jesus, um, if we try and take something out of our relationship with Jesus that he never intended for us to take out of, then we're going to be hurt and broken as, as a result. And I don't think Jesus came down to be our comforter. I think Jesus came down to confront the sin that was getting in the way of our calling. I think Jesus came down to challenge everything that was stopping us from living the life that he purposed for us to live. In other words, I think the function of Jesus is to confront and challenge the sin in our lives so we can be set free into our calling. And if you look at John 6, John 6 is where Jesus fed 5,000 people. We all know that, right? Jesus, um, he, he was up on a mountain preaching and um, he ended up feeding 5,000 people from just a couple of loaves and bread and some fish. And it was a miracle and it was great. And then the next day, he and his disciples regrouped and they had a discussion. And Jesus, said, um, Jesus says to them, you know, the miracles and the food and, and all of that and the big crowds, that's great but that's not what it's about. And so the disciples say to him, then what must we do to do the work that the Lord requires? And Jesus turns to them and says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Now, that got a couple of the disciples a little bit uncomfortable. Um, And to rub it in a little bit more, he says it four more times. He says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have no life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will remain in me and I in them. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood shall live forever. Forever. And I think they got the point. I think they, I think they got the point because it says the next um, couple of verses is that some of the disciples got uncomfortable with the mission that they were called to. And, uh, and a lot of them left. It was called, the, 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 ch- the chapter um, name was called Many Disciples Turn Away. See, I think in order to step out into our calling, God's going to put us in a place where we're uncomfortable. Jesus uh, was never meant to be our comforter, but the Holy Spirit was our comforter. If you look at 1 John 26, I'll read it out for you. It says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our advocate. He's our counselor. And that's the function of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is our caller and our confronter. He leads us and uh, identifies to us what needs to change. Jesus came to confront our sin, to set us free into our calling. And in order to step into your calling, you have to step out of your comfort. In order to step forward into the life that God had planned for you, you have to step out of your comfort. It's beyond your comfort, not your competency. And I know that this is, not, this is an uncomfortable message because I'm basically asking you to step out of um, something that you're okay with being in. And I'm okay with being in comfort. But it's not, 
beyond your competency, it's beyond your comfort. And if we look at what a calling is, your calling is a combo between your vision and your gifting. And looking at the story between Mark, uh, so the, between Jesus and his first four disciples, he says to men who were fishermen, he says, come follow me and I will call you, I will send you out to fish for people. Your calling is, um, is not beyond your competency. It's just using your gifting in a different way. And you'll be stretched and you'll grow and it will hurt. But it's, it's, it's the same gift but the new application. It's the same thing used for the kingdom of God. And to walk out of your comfort zone, I think that takes a, lot of, um, takes a lot of faith. And I think that's what faith is, is to step out of what you know and where you know you've been and your experience and to step into something where you're relying on God and relying for God to come through. I, I like the message that Dad preached a few weeks ago about how fear is not our enemy. Um, fear, it just reminds you that you need to rely on a God. And so when we are fearful that we're um, stepping out of our comfort zone, that's not a bad thing because it reminds us that we do, in fact, need to rely on this God that called us in the first place. And so to walk out of your comfort zone is to walk in faith. Reading on from uh, Mark chapter 21, it says, Jesus went into the town. Sorry, Mark, 1 chapter, Mark chapter 1, verse 21. Jesus went into a town called Capernaum. Um, now, Capernaum... Uh, Kappa meaning village and Neam meaning comforter. So Jesus went into the village of the comforter. And he went in on the Sabbath. Um, and he went to a synagogue, which we can relate to as a church um, of, of the time. It's where people met to, uh, to you know, honor God. And he began to teach in there. So Jesus is preaching in a church and, and the people were amazed of his teaching because he taught them with one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. And I like the way that Luke puts this. He said people were surprised because his words had authority and power and it wasn't the quabbling and quoting that they were used to. And so Jesus is teaching there. And just then, just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a great shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked, they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly all over the region of Galilee. So right there we've got Jesus who's preaching in a synagogue and a man stands up and it says the man was possessed by an impure spirit. Um, but back then everything was an impure spirit. And so um, the other versions call it like a, a demonic presence or um, the, the devil or uh, an evil spirit. But I think we can basically label whatever was in that man as dysfunction. Whatever was in that man wasn't functional. 
And so this, this spirit of dysfunction stood up out of the man. And uh, something stood up and he spoke. And uh, like the way synagogues worked back then is you didn't just go to a synagogue once occasionally on a Sunday morning. But it was part of a ritual and routine. So it's safe to say that this man with his spirit had been attending that church for, for years and years. And he'd been comfortable in that church being possessed by a spirit for years and years until Jesus came with power and authority and truth and the dysfunction within the man had to stand up and make a loud noise. And it got loud because, um, because who knows when you throw out a spirit, when you throw out something dysfunctional in your life, it, uh, it, it's not pretty. It takes a lot of um, pain. It's, it takes a lot of um, growing pain and and discomfort to, to grow out of dysfunction. And just by power, Jesus threw out the Spirit. And I don't think Jesus yelled. He used five words. He said, be quiet and come out of him. And by the power of Jesus, the Spirit was thrown out. Now that's scary because I think um, if Jesus came into this place this morning and came into our church this morning, uh, I wonder what dysfunction in us would stand up. And I wonder what dysfunction in me would stand up if Jesus came to this place this morning. And I wonder if it would, if it would look loud and, and have a shriek and, and um, if I would be asserting myself. But I wonder what dysfunction would stand up. Let, let's be honest, like I know there's dysfunction in, in my life. I watch shows like, who watches The, the Bachelor? Married at Ken, yep. Married at first sight. We should have a bachelor party. Married at first sight. Um, the Office. These are all shows where I love watching because I love watching how dysfunctional other people are. How <laughs> it makes me feel better about myself knowing that there's people out there that haven't quite got their lives together, and uh, and that in itself I've just realised in this process of putting this message together is a dysfunction that's within me that I have to look at others to make me feel better about myself. Um, but the, I'm caught in this cycle of dysfunction, how I'm watching other people in dysfunction and it makes me feel better um, because I'm dysfunctional. And dysfunction is easy. I love it. I love those shows. They're so much fun because um, it, it just makes me feel good about who I am and everything I've worked on. Um, but dysfunction is easy and you can learn to love it. I mean, if you want to feel good about yourself, it's easy just to criticize someone. And it's easy just to have an opinion. Uh, if you want to feel good about yourself, it's easy just to tear someone down and make myself feel a little bit better. And I want to encourage you this morning, like, that can come in many forms. I know that um, in my life, it's been in the forms of pride and entitlement. Um, it's been in the forms of criticism and gossip. Maybe in your life it's, it's something else, maybe it's something deeper, but I want to encourage you this morning, if there's something in your life that is dysfunctional, if there's something in your life that you've become comfortable with being dysfunctional with, call it out and point it out, because Jesus, Jesus has the power to pull that out, and Jesus says to that spirit, come out, and it will come out. It says his words have authority and power over the spirit. His words have authority and power over the dysfunction. 
Jesus came to confront and not to condemn. So if you're in this place this morning and you have a dysfunction, which I believe we all do, if you have a dysfunction, then Jesus came not to condemn you to living a life of dysfunction, but Jesus came to give you an option out so that you can live a life that's functional. Jesus didn't just come to pay for your sins, but he came to set you free from your sins. Have you become comfortable with dysfunction in this place this morning? And is that dysfunction, is that dysfunction uh, occupying space that Jesus should have? Is that comfortable? Are you become too dis- uh, too comfortable with the dysfunction in your life that is occupying space that Christ should have in your relationships? Have you become too comfortable with, dis- with dysfunctions that that is occupying space in your relationships that Christ should have? Have you become too dysfunctional within yourself that there's space in your own life where Christ should be occupying, but He's not because you've become comfortable with dysfunction? Have you become too comfortable with dysfunction that, that it's occupying space in the community that Christ should have? You know, I went to the Anzac Day, um, or not Anzac Day, but the Anzac Parade down Calamunda Street yesterday. And um, it was awesome because there's like 500 people there, all united by this one thing, and all united by patriotism and, and remembering our um, soldiers. And, and it was just an awesome um, healing event. And I was standing there looking at these 500 people around who had all come together for one reason, And I just felt God say to me that that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. These people and this community is what we're here for. And we can't let um, dysfunction or being comfortable get in the way of reaching those people. And it goes so much further than 500 people because there's about, um, we know for a fact there's 4,000 young people getting educated within a 2K radius of this place. Um, And there's only two youth groups. As a church, we know there's about 50,000 people that we can reach Um, within a reasonable distance of this place. And so are we becoming too comfortable with uh, with, with our dysfunction that we're letting that get in the way of the space in this community that Christ should be occupying? And I I know that's within myself because the amount of times I go to a coffee shop or walk down the street in Kalamunda and there's so many opportunities that God puts in my life for me to talk to people. And um, I'm just uncomfortable by that situation is there have you become too comfortable with the dysfunction in your life that is occupying space that Christ should have you know Jesus by his power and authority just says to that dysfunction come out I will not become comfortable in darkness because I'm called to live in light you know in um, Matthew eleven twenty. Um, so Jesus based a lot of his ministry in Capernaum, the village of the Comforter. Um, and he, he worked out of there for a long time. And in Matthew 11, he, he finishes up his ministry in Capernaum and he, he has this to say about it. He says, And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. For... If the miracles that were performed in you were performed in Sodom, Sodom being the town that was consumed by pride and by lust, if the miracles that were performed in you were performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than it will be for you. 
to this morning in this place. Um, Christ is giving you a way out of dysfunction. And he's not, you're not called to live in dysfunction. You're called to live um, functionally. And you're called to live in love. And ultimately for, for Capernaum, their name ended up being their undoing. Their, the village of the Comforter ended up being the reason why they were condemned to, to hell because they had the opportunity to follow Jesus and they had um, the chance to, to repent uh, but they were too comfortable with living the way they lived. I want to get the band to come up and if the communion helpers could um, start to hand out the communion in a minute, that would be great. But we don't have to live like that. Jesus, by his power and authority, says, come out. And, um, and he's calling us to a new life of love and, and functionality and um, where we won't want to live in our comfort zone because we know everything that he has for us will take us so much further. And when you run to comfort, you run from your calling. But when you run from comfort, when you love, run from being in this place of, of doing what you know and knowing what you do, um, you allow yourself to use your giftings that uh, will end up being your calling. You know, the, the spirit of Christ is in this place right now. Um, and I want to I ask you this morning, have, is there something in your life that you can point out and, and say that's dysfunctional? Um, is there something in your life that you can point out and say, uh, that's holding me back from my calling or I've become too comfortable with that? Uh, and, and maybe not. Maybe you're, you're full on living out your calling and you're extremely uncomfortable and it's all great. Um, but maybe there's something in your life that you know that you need to give up. And uh, in the words of, of Mark, I love the way that Mark writes because it's suddenly, it's quickly, without delay. I want to encourage you this morning that without delay, let that dysfunction go. Jesus gives you the option by his name. He, he says, you can use my name to conquer the spirits in your life. You can use my name to conquer the dysfunction in your life. And so this morning, um, as we sing, a, as, as these guys lead us in a song or, or they're going to sing a song, just let the lyrics wash over you as you reflect on maybe something in your life um, that's been dysfunctional. As it happens, let's have the communion handed out as well. That'd be great. Thank you.